And welcome into the round table. Bill Priestley here along with Zach Strickland. Tanner DeHarts, your first time here. Baptism by fire. Yeah, thank you. Gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. We're gonna be talking about whether or not we're setting ourselves up for a volatile 2023. And I've got a few charts here that go through, but this kind of originated as most things do with Zach in terms of your chart of the week uh, that came out this past week in terms of what we're seeing in terms of, of kind of a flipping uh, from, from, uh, from tight to loose immediately with, you can take us through these charts and kind of outline what you're talking about. Yeah. So the chart that I based this one on was the outbound tender rejection index or OTRI as we call it here. Uh, and the story here is that white line is, around all-time lows after being above 20% and all-time highs for about 18 months. So the blue and green and purple lines that you see there, those are all the last several years. And then now we're just sitting on the floor. So the, yeah, if the, you're missing it, that white line is in the le bottom yeah, left-hand portion of your screen. The bottom so. left. So ten, basically, it counts the percent of tenders going from shipper to carrier that are being rejected by carriers. Anything over about 6 7% tends to be inflationary for rates. Anything under that tends to be either flat or deflationary for rates. And right now, we're well below that kind of baseline threshold. Uh, the argument is that the 20% we knew was unsustainable. Like, it was, yeah. it was going to end because uh, capacity itself was either going to grow and adjust to it or demand was going to fall, which it did. And I think the argument for demand falling was definitely stronger than the capacity growth. Uh, in this scenario, though, it's going to be about capacities reduction <laughs> because mm -hmm. I don't think there's any strong argument or case where, you know, the pandemic was a black swan. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, for demand to return to anything near what we saw a few years ago. Tell you when you got a chance to look at that for a little bit, what did you think? Yeah, um, I agree with Zach on the opposite side. I think the sustainability down here is also a problem as well. Like, Zach, you talk about capacity leaving the market. And one thing I think about is, Trucking industry is a little different than others in the fact that when a driver leaves a company or parks their truck, they don't just go get another job. They stay in the industry. They just either bounce on with another carrier or they just completely open a brand new MC. So even though we see these carriers closing down and, and, and you know, the number of, of closures and, and team drivers getting left out in the streets, Zach, how long do you think that would take for the, for the industry to actually start seeing actual drivers leave and, and maybe go get another job? Yeah, I mean, I think we're at the point where we're starting to see it now. We're, we're yeah. you know, at our media side, our media arm of Freight Waves uh, has already started to see these closures start to really trickle in. And Craig and I talk about it on our State of Freight, how we really hadn't seen it yet. Like the exits haven't really come to fruition. And if you look historically speaking, it looks like capacity grows and declines at about a one to two percent per month clip. It, depending on the the pressure on it. And there's a strong amount of downward pressure on capacity right now. So I think we actually could see a historical deterioration in that capacity because the delta between supply and demand is so large right now. I think we're arguably looking at end of the year without a doubt before we see any kind of noticeable tightening. Uh, but in terms of sustainable, like kind of normalization of that relationship between supply and demand, I think we're looking at 2024. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a little bit and kind of jumping to the to the forefront of what we need to be addressing here. Have we set ourselves up for a very rocky 2023, given the fact that we've seen this massive drop off uh, in tender rejections? Tanner, let's start with you in terms of are we are we in for a, a big roller coaster ride or just a big dull nothing? 
I think I think we're going to probably be dull for the next few months, and then it's going to be a very rocky back half of the year. I think it all depends on how rapid we see carriers leave the marketplace. Uh, now we're seeing you know 50 trucks, 100 trucks, 200 trucks, but what, what happens if we start seeing somebody with 2,000 trucks leave the market or 1,500 trucks collapse and can't pay their bills? Like Then you're talking about catastrophic capacity leaving the market, and that's a sudden flip in the marketplace. Yeah, you're looking at a situation like Freightworks, who had not necessarily that many trucks, but you know, a, a similar. Uh, not they weren't a small carrier either. Yeah, and we we saw this happen before the pandemic. We've seen this type of environment. We've never seen this level of volatility, but we had a very soft relative 2019 market, and we were starting to see those exits really start to pile up. And if you looked at the tender rejection index in 2019, it was very low. You, we were coming out of an overheated period of time where capacity in, was not sufficient to meet demand. Uh, tender rejection rates fell below 10%. Then they kind of hovered in this 4 or 5% range for most of the year until the very end of the year, they popped up to about 14.5% around Christmas. This is just showing the sensitivity of the, uh, the market to demand side situations. And around those holidays is really where we start to see that pulse of sensitivity. And I don't think we're going to see that for a little bit. Yeah, Zach, one thing, what about produce season? Where Where is produce season right now? Yeah. Well, the California rains uh, are, are <laughs> keeping that in check for the moment because it delays the, pr- the planting uh, process. It also makes the fields very muddy and difficult to harvest, but it has stopped raining. But that's uh, produce season is a little bit of an outlier. It can influence aggregate capacity situation because that produce has to move. It's like, I have to move this today because it spoils and it's bad, but it doesn't necessarily have to make the market tight because there is so much slack in the market right now. Let's, look, let's take a look at this from maybe a 40,000 foot perspective as well. Zach, let me throw this one at you first. Looking at what the Fed has in terms of um, interest rates, inflation, how much is that going to play into the rockiness of what we may see over the course of the next I mean, that's, that's definitely an Anthony Smith uh, question. And we'll probably... <laughs> We, we do talk about that quite a bit on Freightonomics, but it's, it is, that is a big looming question for the economy right now is yeah. how sustainable is the current level of demand? All of these figures about when capacity is going to fall enough to meet that demand point is dependent on demand being stable where it is. And so far, you know, Tony and I just talked about it. Demand is relatively stable at this point in time. And there's just not a lot of reason to have faith that that's going to go up. <laughs> There's nothing that says, hey, this is going to increase over the next several months because the Fed is raising interest rates. Mm-hmm. That's lowering the investment sentiment. Tanner? Yeah, the, the, another factor is that the trucking market has technically been in a recession for quite a while. So if we do get an economical recession, how much, how much more does that affect the truckload market? I, I, don't, I don't think it does. I, I think we've been struggling for so long, a, a decrease even more in demand. There's, just, there's not that much more room for, for more floor. Okay. I, I, I agree with that statement to, to the point that they're already suffering. Like rates are already going down. They're probably not going to be able to go down that much further they're already on the floor, <laughs> if you yeah. will. Uh, so, yeah, a, a deeper economic recession just extends the length of time that the freight market is in a recession. Yeah. Um, so then with that, let me talk to you first, Tanner, and, and like what factors are you looking at in terms of how you can pro- grade out, say, for instance, the next six to 12 months in terms of how this is going to affect trucking? Yeah, in terms of trucking, uh it depends on what type of business you are. Uh, yeah. But I think if you're a smaller carrier that is barely hanging on in the spot market, I don't see how you can make it much longer. I think some of the larger carriers that have large, 
have enough cash flow to get them through the next six months, I think they're going to be okay. Uh, one indication we actually talked about this morning with Tony is that contracted rates on average for dry van are about to hit a huge milestone mm. of dropping below $2.50 a mile. With fuel falling as well, you're already below $3 a mile. So now that's still profitable, but for every contracted haul, there's always going to be a backhaul portion of that. Um, so overall revenue for these large carriers continues to drop. And I think that's going to be one factor we're going to have to watch over the next three to six months. What's your big factors you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the point you're making there, Tanner, with large fleets versus small fleets. Like large fleets still haven't felt the actual bottom. Uh, you know, in, in that chart of the week article, I talk about our accepted load volumes and the contract rates, both of which are still higher than they were in 2019. So that means they're moving more freight. <laughs> And they're also moving it at a significant increase over what they were pre-pandemic. So arguably, to your point, though, utilization becomes a bigger factor uh, and they don't have freight to move, but they do have more buffer than they've had in years past. When we do see these recessionary periods in freight, they come from a period where the ORs were in the 90s and then they just go into the high 90s and, and low 100s. This is a period where they were in the 70s and 80s and they're moving towards the 90s. Now, Zach, do you think that looking back at what happened a few weeks ago with the Knight Swift US Express merger, do you think that that's more of them being proactive and saying, hey, let's maybe go out and get larger so we can get even better tire cost, even better fuel cost, even better trailer cost? Like, is that a that's proactive a long term approach to what they're doing? You know, Knight Swift has a unique model. Uh, they obviously have sent out a signal before the pandemic ended that they were in a mergers and acquisitions mindset. And I think it's, you know, some of these smarter companies and including investors, they buy at the bottom and they buy deals. And I think that's what they did. They saw a deal. They needed new equipment. They actually, if you did the valuation on paper, they got a steal on a lot of new assets that they, you know, their fleet was aging. So that that to me is more of a functional, uh, it's a function of the environment they're in versus like, I got to buy this deal while I can. It's like drafting LeBron James, you know, when he's available. <laughs> the, the things that you can do when yeah. you're big there as well. So right. wrapping this kind of up here, Tanner, if you're, if you're one of these mid-sized, smaller carriers, obviously you're looking at some grim futures, perhaps. Uh, what are the economic indicators? What are the things that you're looking at in terms of trying to make the best decisions moving forward, trying to move into markets that have a little bit of those higher rejection rates or, or maybe staying away from those that are that are potentially risky? Yeah, two things as a small to mid-sized carriers I'm paying attention to is one is, is service. Service is so important right now to make sure that you're providing things outside of any other provider that's competing against you. And second of all, looking at some of the sonar data, it's it's going to be markets with changing rejections, right? You're going to have to continue to either stay close to those markets where there's opportunities, or you're going to have to at least land somewhere where it's going to give you that possibility to at least even out between what we talked about earlier with the contracted and, and the backhaul. Gotcha. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, also, demand. You've got to see these. Uh, everything's kind of falling, but things are not falling evenly. You've got to be able to take advantage of where demand uh, situations are fluctuating as well. Unpredictability and volatility over the course of next six to 12 months. It's going to be an interesting ride, folks. That's going to do it for the roundtable. Thanks so much, gentlemen. We'll take a short break and be back right after this. 